Last week we watched a video of a woman, Ann Voskamp, who's had a rough time and overcame it. If you haven't seen the video or don't know what I'm talking about, she has embraced a life called Eucharisteo, and that means give thanks in everything. And one thing that the Lord wants to do this morning is to, to slow down and take the moment to just give thanks to, for being here, for His presence in this place. God, today is a special day written when You formed the earth, God. I feel Your presence. I pray that everyone here would. Lord, touch each and every heart today to give thanks for this time, for this season, God, and what it truly means to give thanks for Jesus and the life He lived and the sacrifice He made and the resurrection that came because of an overcoming God, an overcoming man. Jesus, we love You. We love Your heart towards us. We love how You reveal beauty and majesty to us and write beauty on our hearts. It's because of You that we can pray to the Father. It's in Your name that we pray. Amen. The place I want to start is in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever we do, we give thanks to Him. It's easy to give thanks in worship, give thanks sitting here in His presence. Where's it hard to give thanks to? In the hard times. You know, the, the woman in the video last week talked about giving praise before war, putting the choir before war. When Jehoshaphat and his army went up against their enemy, they had a choir in front of them giving thanks to the Lord for the, for the victory that they knew that He was going to win because they believed in the Word that He had spoken to them. That's one thing that the Lord wants us to absolutely get this morning is to give praise and give thanks when we come against an enemy. We talked about in the men's Bible study to give thanks when we go against an enemy. Where is our heart truly at when we can process that, when we can do that, when we can give thanks heading against an enemy? The Lord had convicted me to ask for conviction. And the conviction that He gave me wasn't something that I expected. He was convicting me of things that I didn't normally think sinful. He convicted me that you know I don't tend to His gifts. I don't look like I'm thankful to Him. I don't act like I'm thankful to Him in, in certain things. And what seemingly little things. And I heard a message from Bill Johnson, and my heart is always wanting to break through to new things in God. And what Bill Johnson said was, if you want breakthrough in the Spirit, start by making your bed. What does that mean? Well, it means the little things. Do the little things well, and the big things you will do even greater. That is one thing that I've been convicted of is the little things in the Lord. Little things to care and tend and to be thankful of everything that He has given me. As I'm mowing the grass to take the time to make sure everything looks beautiful, to tend to the, to the garden, to tend to cleaning the house, clean it as if He gave it to me. You know, Go to work and do the job well because that's what He has provided for me in this season of my life. The thing that I haven't done is, is the little things. And he showed me that this past week. And, it, and I really had never thought that that would be even sinful. But the Lord, He always brings me something that I never expected. That's really how I know it's from Him. When Randy 
had the revelation for us to pray every every Monday morning. I, I'm not able to come. I, and the thing that he asked me to pray for was conviction of sin in, in my life first, in my house second, in this church third, and in the school last. Because if we don't have conviction of sin on our life, constantly purging us, constantly getting rid of all the things that we don't even consider sinful, then how are we ever going to go over there or ask God to convict them of sin if we don't even have it on ourselves? One thing that Randy said was, what is our part? Lord, show us our part. That's the heart of Isaiah saying, send me, I will go. In Matthew chapter 18, starting with verse 1, at that time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called the little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. Why did Jesus want us to be like children? When I asked the Lord that, this is the picture that He gave me. When I was a kid, Helen would do the children's sermon right here. I've sat on these steps so many times I can't count. And Helen did just an absolute wonderful job. And sometimes she would ask for volunteers. And what do kids do whenever there's a volunteer asked for? Boom! Pick me! Pick me! They put their hand behind their head, you know, try to raise it up even higher. That's why Jesus wants us to be like the kids. He wants us to say, pick me, God. I'll do it. I, I don't even know what it is. I just want to do it. It's amazing to think that children, not even knowing that they could be being asked to take out the trash, but they'll volunteer it and they'll do it well. The heart of Isaiah, in chapter 6, verse 8, I think, it says, pick me, send me, I will go. And it, in the English Standard Version, it, it has an exclamation point after that. He's screaming it. He's saying, pick me. Pick me. I want to do it. I want to do it. That's the heart that we have to have when we pray, God, what is our part? That is the same heart to say, what is our part? To say, that is the same thing as saying, pick me. I will go. I will go over there and I will give the word of wisdom to this, to this teacher or to the administrator. I'll, I will encourage that student that's been persecuted or put down or whatever it's been. And I believe that the Lord wants us to start that pick-me heart by convicting us of sin and taking out what doesn't need to be there. In John chapter 15, verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because the Word of the Lord, the Word I have spoken to you, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. 
And if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, he that lay down his life for his friends. You are all my friends. Jay shared with us a quote, a man willing to lay down his life for his friends is capable of miracles. That guy had to have that verse in his heart whenever he, he spoke that and said that. I mean, that's just Jesus. That's it. It's just Jesus. A man willing to lay down his life for his friends is capable of miracles, is capable of healing the sick, of casting out demons, cleansing the lepers. The conviction that God brought to me, the words that He said was, you are a representation of heaven. And it really gave even more confirmation of the Word. This church is to be a representation of heaven. I believe that heaven's beautiful, right? Why would it not be? So why shouldn't we make this church to be as beautiful as we can possibly make it, taking time and care in making it the way that it should be? And Randy has the same heart. He, he wants this to be a place of beauty, a place of rest, a place that people driving by and think, wow, that's a beautiful place. Shouldn't our homes and even the outside of our homes look the same? I mean, I drive by Randy and Jan's house on occasion. I have to drive by their house and I always see their yard and I think, wow, that's a really nice yard. It's the time and care and effort that Randy puts in because he's tending to the moment, tending to what God has provided for him. But to be an accurate representation of heaven should be a representation of beauty. The one thing that I want to end with is that we cannot be afraid of conviction. There's a treadmill that uh, Satan has put in front of a lot of Christians. The treadmill is to be afraid of conviction, to be afraid of the guilt and the shame that it could bring. But conviction is wonderful. I mean, it is an absolute gift from God. Conviction to take away something that shouldn't be there to push it aside, to cut it off, to prune it. To prune it as the vine says in John chapter 15. Being afraid of conviction and being pruned, it almost leaves us lukewarm. And Revelation says that being lukewarm, God wants to spit us out of His mouth. I was preparing for this message yesterday and I, I was, you know, I can't attribute random thoughts to myself most of the time, especially ones like this. I, I believe that the lukewarm will be spit out of God's mouth. It, the line has already been drawn. It's, it was drawn 2,000 years ago. I believe that's coming in 2015. And the vine will be trimmed. And the dead branches will be cut off. But those who are saying, pick me, I'll go. See, this is why Jesus said, many are called, but few are chosen. The ones who are chosen are the ones who are saying, pick me. I just wanted you all to, to hear the word that the Lord spoke to me, that the pick me heart is just an amazing place to start for our community, for the school. There's a ton of people who work here but don't live here. They are a part of this community because they come here every day. And, and Jay, This is a, a prayer. This is the prayer God gave Jeremy over this. And this is the prayer God gave me two weeks ago on Sunday morning. Hear my cry, O Lord. I cry out for relentless conviction of sin to descend upon Sundown First Baptist. Sundown schools in the city of Sundown. I pray that we would lose all taste for sinful behavior, and that old escapes would provide no refuge. 
tirelessly and without ceasing, speak with the voice of righteousness so loudly that it cannot be ignored. Prick our hearts with the vileness of our sins. Let us not be able to avert our eyes from the destructive fruits of our sinful labors. Burn like a fire. Take the time this week to, to again, just attend to the moments that the Lord has given you. Every moment is a moment that He gave you. Be thankful for it. Father, we thank You for this morning. We thank You that You are here with us. We thank You for the Word that You spoke. God, I thank You that You would give this Word. As hard as it may be for some to take, God, I I just thank You for it. Lord, I pray that You bless each and every one. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.